This is an AMI podcast. Hey everybody, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 1st of February, a brand new month, 2024. Coming up today, we'll get more of your feedback and news of a brand new app coming called Project Tapestry. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? Gorgeous, gorgeous, thank you, sir. How are you? Oh, you sound beautiful. What's oh, going on? This Vocaster 2. Honestly, it's a beautiful piece of kit. I'm loving it. I, I, I can tell. And you know, I, I think you're right to love it because you sound... Go on, say uh, yeah, Go I on, think say you sound decent. Oh, well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. Thank you. It's, That's an improvement. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a change. i got to say, moving away from a mixer just to uh, basically a couple of dials on a... Um, piece of plastic that makes it sound like i'm doing it down um but it's different but it just works so well and accessible software love it yeah we're going to dig into that a little bit at some point because um in fact you know what we should do because we've got the youtube channel did you know about youtube by the way no please tell me more Oh, it's really good. You're on it as well, which is interesting. I mean, well, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. You don't know. Um, But (laughs) you just think we record, right? You don't even know what we're doing with it. Uh, I'm I'm shoving it all up on the internet. It's amazing. Uh, But there's this thing called YouTube, right? And what it allows you to do is watch videos. Hmm. And um, yeah, our show is available in video form. We have a new episode coming today. Yes, a brand new episode. Uh, coming today, and we're going to be focusing on... Breaking news. Breaking news. Well, not quite. But we're going to be focusing on Apple Vision Pro today. Uh, Now, everybody's talking about Apple Vision Pro, and it's either, isn't this the greatest thing in the world? Uh, Isn't this an okay thing? Isn't this interesting? What is it for? That's generally the reviews I'm seeing, right? That's pretty much some sort of... Everything I've seen so far is, uh, what do I do with this? Exactly. That's it's, it's like it's like the Apple Watch, yes, but, but more bizarre. I, I still almost feel like it's a bit of a joke product in oh, some ways. I wouldn't I, go that far. I, I just, it doesn't feel like it has a purpose yet. I, I don't know what people are going to do with it. I, I keep thinking, what is the application? And I know there's lots of accessibility applications potentially, but we haven't realised those yet. I just but, even think more generally than that. Okay. What is it for? I mean, what? Why would you put this thing on? to do what you can do with it when you could just pull out your phone or sit with an iPad. I just well, don't know what the, what the difference is. That seems is. to be the and, question. And, and, and forget the price point, because that just throws the whole thing out the window. Well, yeah, we, we say, say that a lot, though, don't we? Well, I can just do that on my smartphone. Mm-hmm. But there's still times where something else may be preferable to some people. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to try and defend it, because, uh, well, Apple don't need me to try and defend it. I honestly don't know. This is a Gen Zero Maybe it'll find its place. I did see an interesting review and people were comparing it to the Apple Watch, whereas, you know, when it was first released, it was almost like we don't need the phone anymore. We can do it all on the Apple Watch, all the apps. And it turned out that the Apple Watch now basically is for health and fitness. Yeah, I mean, that's a, right. lot, a lot of the yeah. third-party apps have disappeared. You know, I'd love to use WhatsApp on there. I do by using a, a Watch Chat or Watch App, you know, these third-party ones that sort of you can use it, but it's going around using it, you know, officially. Um, but a lot of the third-party apps have disappeared from the Apple Watch. I, I'm interested to see where this is going to sit, what niche it's going to find. Is it just for Netflix and movie watching, or is it going to find something else? Don't know yet. 
Yeah, this is one of those where the app store really matters. I think it really matters what's yes. in that app store. Yeah, I had I had uh, actually I big big expectations of the Apple TV when that was first launched. When they got the um, mm, the yeah. app store on there, I thought, wow, what 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 are we going to see? What are the developers going to do with this hardware? And it turned out it's a streaming box. It is for <laughs> it is for Netflix. It's a great experience for consuming media, you know, as you would expect from something called the Apple TV. But with the processor that's in there and the uh, the Apple ecosystem, I just thought ah, this could be really exciting. And to be honest, it's not. That's not to do it down. It does what it does incredibly well, but it doesn't expand past watching media. It's funny actually. I think of it less like the Apple Watch, and I think of the Vision Pro, more like an iPad. And I kind of hope it doesn't become an iPad. And what I mean by that is the software that's inbuilt into the system, so the Vision OS operating system. You know, the thing about Apple Vision Pro is its potential and its capability. I mean, it has, a, a, I think it's got the same processor as my Mac Mini has. It's got an M2, I don't know if it's a Pro, but it's certainly got an M2 processor, I believe, in there. I think that's the case anyway. I can't remember uh, now. That's impressive. Well, I know initially I think they talked about having an M1, but of course I think they upgraded that hardware, uh, you know, from the initial sort of introduction to what they have, they have actually released. I don't think they've given huge amounts of detail about the processor inside, but I think it is an M2. I mean, it certainly would have, and if it does have an M2, it's going to have an incredible brain, incredible processor. But, you mm. know, the, the iPads also have M1s and M2s now. The problem isn't the hardware. The problem is the software. You know, an iPad is a great device, but I have friends of mine. I mean, I think about Mark, who does TV with me over on Access Tech Live. And he always says to me, you know, I would have an iPad as my main machine, but it just isn't as capable. It doesn't have, not not that it's not capable, it just doesn't have the software capability to do the, the things workflow. he wants to do. No, absolutely. It's, it's the same as the, hey, this is the uh, laptop replacement. The iPad now is the laptop replacement. Remember but that it's not. claim? It yeah, just, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's it not. It just isn't. The Files app really does help, but it still feels uncomfortable. It still feels slightly confusing how to use. We're all so used to, you know, being able to chuck files onto pen drives and uh, Dropbox or whatever it may be. And you can do that sort of thing thanks to USB-C and Dropbox integration in iOS and uh, iPad OS. It's just the way you got to go around things. Just, uh, is this how you, I do it? How do I get this? You always got to stop and think. Maybe that's because I haven't used it enough. But yeah, it doesn't feel uh, fully formed yet. There was a story this week in the news that Johnny Ive wanted to get rid of the MacBook Air. He wanted to fuse the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro together, which mm. I don't really know what I think about that. But I think the smarter approach would be to try and fuse the iPad and the Mac. I mean, that's really where it has to end up, surely. That is where we're going. It must be what is in their mind. And 10 years from now, we must surely be talking about one device rather than multiple. I mean, I understand the reasons why you might want an iPad and a MacBook. And, of course, Apple want to sell more units, right? So they don't just want to sell one thing. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it does come down to user experience. People are buying something. I mean, yeah, okay, you might want to take your iPad on the road with you. But wouldn't you, if you're bringing out a device, would you not rather bring one out than two? I, mean, I don't want to have to pull an iPad and a MacBook to do something and then constantly have that game of, well, I have got Final Cut Pro, for example, on my iPad, but it can only do some things, whereas my Mac can do all of them. True, yeah. And that's the problem. That That is what does. I mean, look, if, if you're busy, if you're working hard on, on a particular project, whatever it is, you just want the tool for the job. You don't want to have to say, oh, well, this job can get me 50% of the way, whereas this tool can get me 100% of the way. You're just always going to default back to the other one. Do you think it's down to... 
hardware point of view, do you think it's down to, have we ever really found anything that's as productive as a physical keyboard? Well, the iPad has the option for a keyboard now. I mean, you've yeah, got no, I keyboard get capability on it. I get that. But again, we're adding that on, right? If you, even if the, let's say the, the laptops, those hybrid ones, which you can use as a tablet because it's got a touchscreen on there and, and things like that. Do, does anyone actually use it as a tablet other than to watch Netflix? Uh, well, I, I, I haven't, I can't say I know these people who do it, but I know there are people who will use tablets for work. I mean, I know that hospitals often use them and it, it's Windows tablets they use, but I guess it's, I, I don't know what they would do on them. I guess it's fairly simplistic in the it's sense of it's probably boxes. just ticking. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's ticking boxes. It's maybe signing something. It's as far as it goes, really. It's not It's not a user experience. You would. It's a very specific I, I, use case in that. If we're talking about an average user like you and I, I mean, a Windows tablet just, I mean, okay, I, I'm talking from the blind perspective here. It just seems useless to me. I don't know what I would do with that. I don't know what value a Windows tablet has. And I even, I mean, certainly even nowadays with an iPad, I just don't see the point for me at, at all either. It's not unique to Windows at all. Um, yeah. I don't I, know. But my, my, my point about Vision Pro, though, is oh, yeah. I don't want it to become the <laughs> iPad. And, and that's what I mean. I don't want it to become a device that has limitations where, you know, you may as well just pull the phone out. And, and ultimately, I suppose you could say the same for the watch. You know, oh, yeah, the watch can do this. Like, I can I can read my emails. Well, you can read your emails, but if you want to open a link, you really got to, you know, get your phone out. Or, you know, if you want to yeah. use WhatsApp, you, you, you can actually get the notification. You've got a message, but you have to, if it's an audio message, you've got to listen to it on the phone. And, yeah, you're right. You can get around it with other apps like Watch Chat, which, by the way, is very good. Yeah. Um, and has improved a lot over the years. But... It just it just feels like we're always kind of having to go back to something. So in the mobile sense, it's the phone, and in the computing sense, it's always the laptop, whether it be MacBook or anything else. And I just don't think we, I think case, you're right. Though? I don't think we've ever found that 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 new category that they seem to want to create. Yeah, I think I think I'm... AI will I think AI will help this. Oh, definitely. I think what I think that's is probably what is it's kind of software driven. I think I think AI will take us to that next level because. The type it's it's what we're trying to do. I think the problem here is we're always trying to, like you were saying there, that form factor of screen, mouse, keyboard, yeah, is so embedded in the workflow of so many of us every day. That is how we are so used to doing it. And what I think all these other iterations are trying to do is copy that to some degree in touch or in physical or or in virtual space with yes. the Vision Pro. Yeah, and that's what doesn't work. You need a different method to do this. And AI does it because it's voice input. Voice input, voice output. And yes, obviously there will be other options for people who are say, deaf blind or for people who are, who are deaf. But ultimately, overall, that simple model of interaction, you know, simple voice input, get a response, you know, if, if, if searching the web, whatever it is, you just literally talk into a device and it gives you the answer. And we're kind of getting there with GPT. We see that already. Yep. Eventually that's going to come into Lady A. It's going to come into Lady G. Maybe Siri will get this this year. And I think that's when things might start to change. So maybe it's maybe it's just a different OS entirely. Maybe it's just a whole new world of, of operating oh, system, which is really just a big black screen with a big, you know, glowing orb. It's, it all comes down, I think you picked the word there, is how we interact with the technology, no matter what it is, if the if the way we interact is gets in the way, 
And and so far, maybe it's just because we're so used to it, the keyboard and mouse or whatever, the mainstream input methods, um, there's just nothing that's that's better than it so far. The touchscreen is great for consuming things, but even if I check my emails, which by the way, I use my smartphone to manage my emails more than my computer now, but if I've got to reply to an email and it's anything more than two sentences, I will come in here and get on the computer. Yeah, Because it's that's just right. easier. Well, that, we've got Jeff Bishop coming on. Uh, you might remember Jeff, uh, formerly of Microsoft. He uh, is going to be joining us next week. He's got a bit of a rant about the Outlook app. He wants to share some thoughts with oh, us on this. He's not alone. He's had some issues. <laughs> but but it, it's all to do with replying to an email. And, and I was asked the question last night, you know, how have you found replying to an email? And I said, to be perfectly honest, I never reply to an email on my phone. Because I think to myself, I don't, I, I just cannot be bothered trying to navigate that text box with the touch screen. I just I just cannot do it. I just it's just so slow. It's not that it's in, it's not that it's inaccessible. It's none of that. It's just the time taken. It would be much better for factor. me to come in. Yeah. Exactly. Come in here, sit down. I am a bit old school in that way. I do sit down with my computer and do my emails. Yeah. I'm a bit old school in that sense. But I think that's I think it's also partly because you want to make sure it's as accurate as possible. One thing I do a lot now is I will <laughs> you've got to be careful with this because it can go against you, but I do use GPT to check my emails for spelling and grammar. Oh, right. No, I don't. But you have to, you have to be, (laughs) no, no, I do, right? Because you're sending a professional email out to a company saying, hey, you want to come on? Yeah. I don't want to, you know, to be full of errors and, you know, emojis all over the place and whatever nonsense. I don't want all that rubbish, right? I want it to be what I want it to say. You have to be careful. Two things. One, it doesn't summarize it and change the entire thing and make it much more flowery and alive. Although it did do one one day, and I thought that's actually much better and way more professional than I'd have ever written. So <laughs> the virtual it. cyber, but, Stephen Scott, much more exactly. professional. Yes, I, I think it was probably very clear it wasn't written by me. But you know, <laughs> the other thing you got to be careful of is language. So you know, immediately it will change the spelling to an automatic English US. So organize has a Z oh, and things like that. So terrible. you know. U.S. English, you have to be ve- or English U.K. You have got to make sure you tell it which language, because uh, otherwise you start getting a lot of oh, this this word is spelled wrong, this word is spelled wrong, and you're like, hang on, what? Well, who's picking so, me up on that? Things. That should be an S, not a Z. Come on now. Yeah, I suppose these days doesn't matter will. as much. Probably not. I don't think international world rights. So, I mean, it, does it really matter as much as it used to? Although, you know, I still think spelling matters. Um, anyway, speaking of iPads, I want to, I want to talk about something else because, uh, as you well know, I did... Um, what Stephen bought this yes, week? I did buy things. That made me jump. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Give me some warning. Uh, Sean, I'm going to press a button now. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got two things in the post. Uh, you know I've been waiting for my Orbit reader. From that arrive. there eBay, yes. I got it on eBay. It came all the way from France. Uh, French Please people. stop they that. me the uh, Orbit Reader. And uh, why is it I always sound like that candle from Beauty and the Beast? Why? <laughs> I say that sounding that way. Anyway. Um, uh, Please nice stop it. It makes me so nervous dated when you the brush, that. however it was. I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Um, be our guest. Guest. Be, be our guest. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that. that now I'm going to have to go watch that song. movie now. I know. Thank you. Sorry. Carry That's on. That's my entire day ruined. Angela Lansbury. Just just cancel the show tonight. We're, forget Access Tech Live. <laughs> I can't do it today. Sorry. I've got Beauty and the Beast to watch. Um, yes, so the Orbit anyway, Reader. Orbit Reader. Turn it on. And you know, I'm like, hang on. So what's this saying here? I, 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 I'm thinking, this doesn't make any sense. There was just, it was like, I think it said Carta or something on it, but Carta. And I think, <laughs> what's Carta? 
So I'm like, oh, hang on. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, actually, you it's opened it f- whilst on a call to me. And I yes. said, isn't this going to be in French? Uh, 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 yes, it was all in French. And I'm like, oh, no. I mean, I'm struggling as it is. Now I've got to learn French at the same time. Braille in um, French. Yeah, carry on. So um, first thing was, obviously, jump onto the user guide. Do you know, I've, I've learned something. And this is, um, actually, do you know what? I think it's time for this. Breaking news. Breaking news. I, I do have some breaking news for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Reading the user manual actually oh. helps. That's a sign of failure. On, no, 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 honestly. That's giving don't up. Don't me for that. No, don't. Yeah. Never read the manuals. Honestly, I was, I was stunned. There was information in there that was useful. I've got to say, you know what? And it's a lot easier to read manuals now because you'll find a lot of them online in some sort of accessible form, even if it's a PDF or something. There's so oh, this many... was the orbit, right? So, I mean, it was like, it of was course. text. Yeah, yeah, well, but I'm just saying, a, a, a HTML general, document. I never yeah. used to read any manuals because I used to have to get someone to read it for me and that, but it's so uh-huh. much easier now than it was. I still don't read them, though. You could also. You could also just chuck it into GPT and, you know, ask Oh, questions. that's your answer to everything, isn't it? You love you anything just, with three PDF, letters. GPT, But that's the great KFC. thing, though. You could chuck, chuck the PDF into, you know, add it as a document. You have to have chat GPT for which I think means you need chat GPT plus. You've got to pay for the... Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know that's a... You're can out, can but, I just say, on a, on a side note, Logitech Options Plus now, um, you can now have chat GPT uh, actions on one key. So you can have one key that you press and it will summarize um, the text or check it for grammar or translate it. It's got chat GPT integration. Now, so, so hang on, so does it bring up a box or something or do you, do you assign the I prompt I haven't to it? used it yet and I can't say how accessible it is um, because the Logitech option software is slightly <laughs> annoying. Yeah. But I did see, if you go into the templates under, is it Smart Actions, I think they're called? Yeah, yeah. Um, you will see now a load of chat GPT things. So one key press Ooh. you can assign to do an action. So I'm going to look into it. it seems pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool. I never use those keys. There's four keys at the top right of my MX Keys keyboard, and I never use them for anything. Oh, so yeah, calculator, um, something. Is that what it is? And, yeah, well, the second one in from the top is the um, applications key. So you should be using that one, really, Stephen Scott. The one in the very top what, right the corner. Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, I assigned an applications key. Hang on. on my what does the applications key do on the, in Mac OS? Does it do anything? Uh, second one in. Let's try it. Nothing. Ah, oh, good. Oh, okay. oh, hang on. I hit the wrong one. I've opened the calculator. Right, hang on a minute. Well done. Let's get rid of that. Well, be careful. Don't lock the computer down, which is the top oh, right yeah, yeah. key. Right. Yep. Not doing that. Okay. Um, Sorry, I, I took you off on a tangent. Yeah, so it was in... What was I talking about? It was in oh, yeah, French. So it was in French. So get the manual and uh, figured out how to change it from a beautiful French language. <sighs> So to sorry. English and yes. uh, got it so I, I did it myself okay well done <laughs> all by myself can I, did. I all can by I just myself. say did you just no do you a... can't because I'm trying to tell a story did you, you do a, a factory what's wrong with you today how many, how many coffees have you had <laughs> I've got a brand new vocaster I will you be heard to, listen you, you have got <laughs> you have got to yes email me or text me or WhatsApp me when you're having a coffee because we t- the two of us cannot be hyper <laughs> on here. This is not going to work. I was just going to ask, did you do a factory reset? And if you did, did that restore to English or did it go back no. to... Oh, okay. No, it didn't because that was... Uh, you're absolutely right. That was the first Thank thing you. I tried actually was the uh, factory reset, but it just brought it back to... It came back in factory reset to French. Right. And I said... That sounded uh, like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, the end result was it wasn't coming back to English, but managed to get it set back to English. Then I did a firmware upgrade, which seemed to kill it entirely. Oh, well Don't really know what happened. Uh, but then I learned that you have to, you've, <laughs> you, again, reading the manual, it's amazing. So what you've got to do is you've got to go in, when you do the upgrade utility, uh, or use the upgrade utility, which is brilliant, you download the firmware upgrade um, application from Orbit, and when you open it up, it will tell you what the device firmware is, and you have to check that first so that you can make sure it's the same as what you're applying. So there's five different versions of firmware which apply to five different, I guess, iterations of the Orbit. So you've got to check which one you have so that you know the right installer to use. So in my case, I think it was EO1 um, as opposed to EO0 or EO2 or EO3 or EO4 or 5. So you have to pick the right one. You download that package from the website and then you install the right one and, and it worked. So eventually I got there and uh, it's working beautifully. I got it all working yesterday. I got my SD card in there. I set up some new files. I am quite happy. The only thing I need to do is, it must have been lying around. It's been well used, um, but I'm going to definitely have to go and get the uh, the pins cleaned. So there's a, a section yes. in the manual. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not filthy, <laughs> but it does feel like it could do with a little clean. It's clearly being used. I mean, that's the problem when you get a device like this, you know, secondhand. People's fingers have been all over it. I mean, that's I the whole point it, of it. I believe it told you that the charfer was connected. Oh, yeah, there's a dot that's a bit dodgy as well. The charfer is connected. Um, but FNG uh, is close, you know, charger, you charge know, it's funny, though, I, I still got it, though. That's the thing. It's, it's the weird thing. It's like, you know, when your mum tries to explain something to you, yeah, you know, we're watching a TV show or something, she says, that's that guy that was in that thing, and you know exactly who he is and the film <laughs> she was talking about. Yes. It's, that's basically You're where I'm at sync. with my Braille. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, as I have to say, the most important tip, the most important thing I think I ever learned, and I was—I remember being at my one of the real classes I was at, and I think this is probably the best advice I ever received. And there were other people there at the class who had read, read Braille for years, but they were there to learn about unified English Braille, you know, the newer standard. And the teacher said, you know, what you have to understand is learn the spirit of Braille, not the individual letters of it. As you read, get the sense of it. You know, you you start to almost like skim reading. Nobody mm. who reads, who skim reads, or reads at all, probably would sit down and tell you the individual letters of a word as they go along, but they do get the sense of the words. Feel and so the braille. What, Use well, well, the what force. Happens, thank you. But what you also get with that, I'm trying to be helpful here. But you know, it's very hippie. You are not having coffee Stevens ever again. Sounds like uh, so it's all very meta, isn't it? It's not getting to the spirit of it. Just oh, shut live up. and breathe and oh, feel it. it. I forget feel it. Feel the spirit of the words, not the texture of them. I'll feel your collar in a minute. Okay, sorry. Oh, good. So, so eBay works. Uh, well done. You got a bargain <laughs> there, right? It was an absolute. I did. I got it for two, well, less than £200, although I had to be £40 to get it into the country. Thanks, oh, Brexit. So, okay. yeah, that was uh, that. So, um, yeah. If they say it's a gift, doesn't that exempt you? Or is it, all right, will I suddenly end up in jail for saying that? Uh, I, I don't know. Very possibly. In That's which case, not, I absolutely insist you say it. I can't give legal advice, honestly. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is okay. it, yes, this is a legal hour all of a sudden. Uh, the other thing I got in the box was, um, well, the different box, thank goodness, was the Victor Reader Stream 3rd Gen. Um, so what's kind of noticeable, as soon as you bring this out, I would say that the design of this it's much nicer. It's a lot smaller than than the previous version. Not massively smaller, but definitely noticeably smaller in the hand. It fits nicely in the palm of my hand. Um, I'd say it's like my iPhone 4 
Although like three of them stacked on. on top of each other. This is the one that's like a tugboat, right? Like a tugboat? Isn't it pointed at the, I believe the nautical term is um, port side? I don't know. At the top, isn't it in a, in a point? It's like a triangle shape, like a like a, like an oval, like a mouse hole. Come on, help me. It's like a triangle, like an oval. <laughs> like a... Now, I'm not into my geometry, <laughs> but I think they're different things. Just feel the spirit of the stream. No, look, <laughs> yeah, they, what I'm saying you're is... Feeling too much. I think you're having too many spirits, but not It's not a them. square thing, right? It's pointed at the it's, top. Well, it's rectangular, yes. It's a, it's a rectangle. It's not triangular. What am I what thinking of, then? Was the no one? idea. No, it's like the shape of a boat. Anyway, so carry, carry on. Yes, give your description. It's, it's the shape of a phone. I mean, it's like an iPhone, right? Really? I can see it's like a small iPhone 4. I think you're it wrong. back to that. Are you sure it's not an well, iPhone? Well, I'm holding got? it in my hand, so I'm absolutely, yeah. What, what I thought was a, a rectangle is actually a triangle. I've, I got this. Sh- I've got shaky hands, Sean. I can still <laughs> feel in it. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. <laughs> Anyway, so, yes, this rectangular thing, I don't know what is wrong with you today. Um, But anyway, it's got the usual numpad on it, so 1 to 9, the the typical T9 keypad. Um, It's got all the usual buttons you would have expected, nothing really different except for the fact the buttons themselves have, I'd say, a much more louder, clicky quality. You might not be able to hear that very well. I can, yes. Is that good? Um, Do you like that? it, it, It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'd say that the... The kind of rubberized keys are nice. I just I'll be interested to see how what the wear is on these. Um, I hope that because the other ones on the previous gen, I'd say were more hard wearing, but we'll see with time. Okay. Um, but you know, I would say that the the tactile nature on the buttons is much better because what they've done is they've put an up, down, left, right, you know, um, little embossed arrow on two, four, six, eight, so you know exactly where you're going very quickly. Two dots on the five, very pronounced dots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've done some things. I mean, obviously, some of the benefits here is you've got Bluetooth, uh, which is actually better than you'd think. I mean, I know it's obviously great to have Bluetooth, but just when you realize you can use Bluetooth, I was always reaching for a wired headset when I was using this. Sometimes it put me off. because Sometimes lying in bed at night, you think, mm, I don't want to be connected via wire. Turn over on the night and the whole thing ends up on the on the yeah, deck, including yeah. me. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, no, really, really, uh, really nice. I like the rubberized uh, outer um, thing. At the, it's like a just a silicon. Well, I think it's silicon. It's more rubber uh, on the base. So when you put it on the desk, it doesn't move around. That's cool. Um, and th- they're trying to avoid the need for a case. That's really what they did that for. It kind of avoids the need of a case, which is kind of cool. It means you can drop it on the desk and it's not going to damage it. Although we'll drop it harder. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that sounded like you dropped you it on tuta, something tuta. there. <laughs> Well, it was a desk. Um, uh, so, oh, it bounced. Other thing, yeah. The other thing is uh, SD card capability. It's gone up to one terabyte. You can put an SD card up to one terabyte. That in is there, nice. Which is amazing. I mean, you could store so much. And you know what? This. So last night I was listening to some things, and just the navigation, the new voices. It's got Graham and Rachel. Those are the two new voices. Much nicer. I'll do a little demo at some point, and I'll let you hear the voices. Um but really nice. Not that dissimilar, I don't think, to the previous generation. I mean, I know it's got newer hardware in it and it's got newer capability and it's obviously easier to update now with wireless updates and all that over the air. But I don't know. There's not a lot I'm kind of picking up that's massively different. I mean, obviously, I don't have Audible access yet, which I'll need to sort out and see where we're at with that. That's one thing I'm going to be emailing humanware about today is that's a big okay, deal. what's going on. Um, but, you know, again, I was thinking about this, right? So a lot of the books I might be interested in are on, in the UK's case, the RNIB Talking Books Library. So I can just go get them there and put them on the device. So there's that, I suppose. It's not like I'm no, I without get it, books. But there's no denying that Audible is a massive 
book service. And I think we've got like 300 books in our Audible library between yeah. us, me and Sarah, maybe more. So, you know, not to be able to access that on that device, it's a big deal. It is. Um, what I would say, though, is, well, and you're right, because if, if you've bought the books already, you yeah. don't want to have to go and get them from somewhere else. Even if you can get them for free, you want to get them from Audible, right? I understand that. So that is something that a lot of people I know are a bit annoyed about at the moment. So I'll get an update on that one, and I'll, I'll let you know as I, I get it. I do like the fact it's still got the uh, separate headphone and microphone jack, which is kind of interesting. So you can use it with a, a specific microphone if you wanted to plug one in. Um, it says headset as well, but I don't know if that's a Bluetooth headset because you can record. There are different recording settings for headset and for onboard, like on mic recording and separate. You know, every connection through Bluetooth, through wired, or just using the internal microphone has got a different recording setting. You can record an MP3 or FLAC or WAV. That's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, that, this can be quite interesting for down the road for different stuff. But I, I have to be honest, for me, this is going to become my iPad. That's what this is to me. This is my iPad. That's that's really interesting, and I totally get what you're saying by that. Because the only time I would have an iPad is just to consume sort of, content. Well, consume content, but also just to throw in the coffee table. It's, it's almost yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost a family thing, but just something to, to yeah. I, I I can't explain myself, but I know what you mean. It's it's just weird, isn't it, to think of it in that way? But I do think this is for a lot of people. This is going to be used for. You know, taking notes at college, maybe at university, at work, you might use it for yep. taking notes or for, you know, consuming long documents, because, of course, you can put text on here, and you can put text files that will turn to speech and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I, at school, this would have been an amazing thing to have. I think yeah. back to my days at school, this would have been an absolute, this would have been invaluable at school. Um, so I can see how kids would love it. I can see how people in the workplace would like it. Um, but I think for me, this is a content consumption device. I think it's going to be brilliant for that. Uh, I also think about the newspapers. I mean, I get the daily papers from the RNIB in the UK through the newsagent service, which is, I think, one of their most, the, the least thing they talk about and actually the most one of the most important things they do. Yeah. Uh, very similar to NFB Newsline in the States. But you get the papers delivered in the morning, like 6 a.m. You, you get the papers before the paper boy gets them. And, you know, you can put them straight onto this device. I wish there was an automated way of doing that. That would be my dream for to just be able to go in and actually get this directly. You can do that with NFB Newsline. You can't do it yet with RNIB. I'd love to see that integration where I could just go and choose my newspaper of the day, like almost off the rack. Yeah, yeah. It downloads yeah. the latest episode. I listen to it and then it goes away. It's not even an episode because it's the whole paper. Yeah. You know, you can navigate it with headings and just listen to stories. I mean, it's so good. I just, you know, I'll be honest, there's things I'd love this to be able to do. I could imagine this, for example, being such an amazing RSS news to text reader. You imagine being able to just get an RSS feed, you could just pull down an RSS feed and it would just automatically, you know, take articles. Can you, you not could do listen that to them. Somehow? That seems like something that should be implemented. Surely. Seems possible. I just I because we can't add apps to this, we're kind of dependent on Oh, human right. coming up with the, the apps and or, you can't or the structure for add it. custom RSS feeds to the list. Not that I know of. So yeah. I'm putting that out there. If anyone knows the answer to that, you tell me. Um, it does have tune-in support now on this device. So you can go and get your podcast subscription. You can add a tune-in account, which is quite cool. So if you have a tune-in pro account, you can add that to the device. And it's interesting because we've been talking about the YouTube Pro, um, the accessible YouTube Pro. And um, 
I've seen yesterday, you know, whatever, whatever day it was we played that in. Um, but, you know, I was saying, you know, it would be so cool if you could just sign in on that, you know, because we don't want these specialist apps to, you know, we want to use them, but we don't want them to be taken away because of their lack of support for the terms of service of the company that they're getting the content from, right? Yeah. So that's what I love about this. They have that consideration. They've worked with TuneIn on this and they've actually bothered to put that integration in properly. So I'd love to see that with more apps. And I think this is something where this little device could really grow to something. And I think as a community, a lot of us use this. A lot of us love it. It's a very popular device. And uh, I think we've got to just keep feeding back to humanware. I think they're going to be irritated by me. They'll probably block me, actually, because I have many things I want to suggest that they're it goes into They're not the only this. ones, I'm sure. It'll be, it'll be fine. Can and, I be honest? I know this, yeah. this is going to sound so trite, and I, I don't mean it to, but I honestly have... I was so excited to get this. It's like the first piece of tech in a long time. I was genuinely excited to open. I don't know why that is. I, I, know, do, I don't know why. I, well, it's, it, it is a very nice piece of kit. There's no denying that. I'm, it's the accessibility, I think. It's just, of course. just it's so accessible. It's and easy of course it to is, use right? of course as well. It is. Yeah, of course. Exactly. But, but it's, I can access things easily. Okay. And that's all it is for me. This is what I'm going to say, all right? In March, I'm going to put this in the calendar. I'm going to ask you, when was the last time you used it? Okay. Uh, that's the only thing I'm going to say. I, I just wonder how 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 part of daily life this becomes or how much you just use it. Because, yes, it's all very exciting and what it can do, but is that going to carry on? I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just really no, intrigued no. by this. I I 100% agree with you. I know what, you, you know what I'm like. Yes, you know how um, much of a flibberty gibbet I am. Uh, so yes, I uh, do ask me that question, but I think you'll be surprised by the answer. Okay, I think you will. I am really loving this, and I just love the fact that it's because of the fact I'm so easy, easily able to get content onto it. And you know, obviously, I can download podcasts, I can get internet streams. It, it just feels like all the kind of apps I've been looking for are just in here. This is the, the stuff I actually use. The stuff I do. Stuff I want to consume is through podcast. Um, you can't get YouTube on it, obviously, yet, which is, again, that RSS reader thing could help with that. But um, honestly, I, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I, I could imagine browsing the web on this thing because it's got Wikipedia on it and things like that. And I always think, well, if it's got that on it, could it get other apps? Could it get other Sites. websites? Yeah. I mean, Don't honestly, mean. The, you could navigate quite easily with this. It's incredibly simple. Once you've got, I remember the first time I ever tried one, and I thought I'll never understand this because I thought oh, it all just looks like a phone. How do you do anything on this with the T nine keyboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you start learning how it works, it's actually really simple, and it it's is so, easy to pick up. I must say, yeah, so simple. And again, it's built for us, so you're not going to hit button, 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 or you know, it's so closed in, but it's it's brilliant. I love it. So get on eBay, see if you can find the Sense Player now, and uh, you're all in. <laughs> the thing about I, the Sense... I, I, I would love to try the Sense Player. I, may, I, I don't think I'd buy one. I don't know. I, I'd kind of like to. I just, I, I'm, I'm buying this. The stuff I'm buying this year, it's funny, because the last couple of years I used to buy a lot of different things. Hmm. This year I'm just focusing on things I would actually use, because yeah. then I'm going to talk about it properly, rather than just, oh, yeah, I bought a thing and then I shoved it in a cupboard. There's no point in that. I need yeah, to get to go for half this. an hour and it was all right. Yeah, pointless. Yeah. That's I, not fair to anybody. The thing that with the Sense Player is that Netflix um, playback. That really grabs mm. me. I think that's fantastic. The amount of times I put Netflix on and just put my phone down because of the you know audio description, you don't need to, well, I couldn't anyway if I wanted to, but you don't need to, to watch it. And I mm. think that was a, 
I think that was a great idea and a great feature to put Netflix on that. Uh, listen, we need to make some more money for uh, Mr. F's uh, whiskey budget, so um, Gosh, Mr. We'll take a quick break. We're right back. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Now, I mentioned about three years ago that we've got a new video uh, coming to YouTube today, and it's all about uh, the Vision Pro. I I started this conversation exactly 36 minutes ago. Uh, Sorry, 38, including the break. And... um, We, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so we've got the video. <laughs> Honest to goodness. Someone needs more coffee. Yes. I know, I know. I think I'm slowing down. I feel like my batteries are running out. Uh, yeah, so today's video is all about the Apple Vision Pro, but in particular, accessibility. The accessibility features we know about so far, because everyone else is talking about how wonderful it is and great it is, but we're going to talk about the accessibility of it. That is what I was trying to tell you 39 minutes ago. <laughs> Straight to got the point. The end. Yeah. Well yeah, done. you know us. We'll get there eventually. Wow. Uh, right, let's talk about a new app uh, that is uh, not quite coming out yet, but is something that has just launched on Kickstarter, which is rather interesting. You often hear about products and all kinds of other stuff on Kickstarter, but not apps. Uh, well, this is a new app from the guys behind uh, Twitterific. Remember that? The wonderful Twitter app that was Very available popular. on iOS, yeah. Mac OS, and it was a super app. Unfortunately, it went the way of the dodo with... Uh, Mr. Elon Musk bringing in his changes, uh, third-party app changes to uh, uh, X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it this week. So um, anyway, the end result was the Icon Factory had to discontinue Twitterific, and it was a very sad day. We talked to Gideon Mayhew from the company, and he was understandably upset about it, especially because of the amount of work they put into this for blind people. Well, the good news is they're back with a new app this year uh, that will hopefully be out by the end of the year, uh, if you will are willing to support it. It's called Project Tapestry, and it's supposed to make using social media and gathering all your news feeds together more easy. Uh, well, Gideon Mayhew joins me now from uh, Icon Factory. Great to have you back on Double Tap. Thanks for having me again. And, and under slightly happier circumstances this time, uh, because we're talking about something new and exciting. I, I'm not even, well, I was going to say, I was not going to ask you uh, your thoughts on what's happening over it. Is it X these days? X. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just let it go because it's the best best forgotten and not mm. remembered as far as I'm concerned. So, But it's interesting because this new app that you're working on at the moment kind of ties in social media, but also ties in other forms of media as well. So, so tell us about Project Tapestry. Yeah. So after, you know, Twitter kicked us off and all third parties from, from Twitter, we we kind of watched our friends and people we followed online split up and go their separate ways. And of course, soon after that, a whole bunch of other social media services cropped up in the wake to kind of fill the vacuum. You know, we have Mastodon has always been there, but it became popular once again. And then there's threads and blue sky. And so it's become very fragmented and we, we're not sure people jump from service to service. And if you want to track a particular person's posts, it can be tricky 
And uh, we started to try to think of ways, well, how can we help this? How can we solve this problem or try to solve this problem? Anyway, and that was the the brainchild behind Tapestry, which seeks to create a unified timeline of of most. You can't, you can't, obviously, we can't pull in posts from Twitter or Facebook because those are walled gardens now. Mm. But uh, services like Mastodon, Blue Sky, blogs, your favorite blogs, your favorite news sites, um, earthquake data, satellite data, anything that has a public IP address, really, where you can get at the source f- for those things can be, in theory, woven into tapestry. And uh, hopefully, eventually, threads will be available for that, too. I mean, they're going to federate. That's the plan behind it. So we're confident or at least optimistic that threads will be included in that as well. I mean, the great thing here is you're you're obviously developing this as a mainstream app, but, you know, we know you and we know the apps you've created in the past. We all remember Twitterific and uh, how terrific that was. Uh, that was a I almost attempt at a pun, but it didn't quite go as I intended. Um, but, you know, the thing here is you're developing apps that are, are great and really useful, but I have to say from, from our point of view as a blind uh, you know, audience here who are interested in new apps. The first thought we always have is, well, how accessible is it going to be for us? Right. You, you've already said in your in your website, I was reading on the Kickstarter. Uh, you know, it's, it's right in there. You, you've got full support for voiceover, so that is just like ticked off right away. Right, you, you're going to continue to support blind people. Yeah, that's very very important. It always has been for all of our apps, mm. and more so, even more so with the social type. You know, in the in that field, um, where it's completely accessible and easy to navigate, and easy to, you know, pull in the sources and and browse what you're looking for, and filter what you don't want out. You know, that's one of the the main things that we want to be able to try to do with tapestry as well to to get rid of some of the noise or the spoilers or the politics or you know whatever you want but to still be aware of those sources from multiple places in the internet but filter them to down to just what you want to focus on and what you, what you're concerned with the most yeah i mean in the blind world especially rss is still very popular and it's something that we we always try and seek out rss feeds and we try and seek out apps that are cross platform that allow us to be able to you know navigate all these different sources on our devices. I mean, at the minute, a lot of blind people are using an app called Lire, L-I-R-E, which is a really good app for mm. because it goes across both um, uh, iOS and macOS, not quite on Windows, but, you know, there are options there as well. But, you know, again, a lot of these apps are often fragmented themselves. Right. And, you know, you have to still go off to another app to to get your content. And what you're trying to build, I guess, is something that can bring all that together. Correct. I mean, in as as much as we can, it's not possible, obviously, to to do everything that we would like to do in the app, nor do we really want to. I mean, everyone has their own favorite Mastodon app or, you know, their own favorite web browser. And so, you know, ultimately, the goal is to be able to specify those apps within Tapestry so that when you do want to interact with a post, you could easily click a button and tap something and it will take you out to that particular app so that you can interact. You can reply, favorite it, join a conversation, whatever you want to do. But Tapestry becomes the reading position, the bookmark, the I've read this, I'm aware of this app so that you can 
keep track of these multiple things in a single place and you don't have to launch five, 10 apps every day constantly. And you're switching around and, and looking for all these different things. It, it can get really overwhelming. And that's, that's really the goal. Now, normally an app like this, I would imagine would appear on the Apple app store. It might have a fee attached to it. It may have in-app purchases. Why is it being talked about in Kickstarter? What's the reason for that? It's, it really is economics. You know, we did this with Twitterific for Mac OS. We did a Kickstarter back in 2017 for Twitterific for the Mac. And it worked out really great. People were really willing to support the project and remove some of the risk for us. We're a small company. We're not, you know, we don't have venture capital. We don't have angel funding to support and, and bolster these software development efforts from us. So it's really... A, a risk to to spend a good part of a year, maybe a year developing a piece of software, get it in the app store, and then only then find out if it's going to make money. And if it doesn't, it could bankrupt us, you know? So we have to try to remove that risk from the process. And Kickstarter is a great way to do that. It worked with Twitterific. And I, if I'm knock on wood, I'm I'm optimistic to say that it's working with Tapestry. Um, people are really willing to contribute, and they, it's an app that they seem to like the idea for, and they're latching onto. They're helping spread the word, and hopefully we'll get it funded. And then beyond that, we'll get to some scratch goals so that we can add more features that we really want to want to work on. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, I'm already seeing articles popping up on places like 9to5mac.com and I'm seeing a lot of blind people talking about it as well. As soon as the, the, the word is out there, it does spread very quickly, of course, through social media, uh, which is great. Uh, and, you know, the articles, news articles pick up because it's an interesting app from a mainstream perspective as well. Um, and in terms of that voiceover support, what are you doing to ensure that it's it's fully accessible? Are you testing it with some blind people you've, you've got in mind already? We will when when we get to that point. We up to now we've only developed a really really rough prototype to do a proof of concept of the app. We didn't want to launch the Kickstarter without knowing for sure that it wasn't going to work. And of course, when we had to do all the technical homework to make sure that that was the case, but it's not in a form where it can be, you know, consumed or used by the general public not on test flight yet. But once we get past the funding portion of it and we move into active development, then yes, we, we're going to need active people to test vo voiceover and the accessibility and, uh, and all of that. I'm, I encourage anyone who wants to join the project and who would be willing to do that to do so because we need all the help we can get. Um, we've, that was the case with Twitterific. We had a great bevy of, of blind testers who helped us to, to stay honest and and give us great feedback when it came to Twitterific. And I'm really hoping that that will be the case again for Tapestry. Yeah. Uh, talk me through the Kickstarter then. How does that actually work? I mean, if I, I, I kind of understand Kickstarter if it's a product that I can sort of essentially get in my hand. How does it work with, with an app? Yeah, software is a little bit different because, you know, there's no physical thing that people get delivered. I mean, although we do have physical rewards, there's stickers and pins and, you know, there's other things that you can sign up for as rewards, but the actual software itself 
takes a couple of forms. One is the a beta build or you know weekly beta builds via test flight that people who back at a certain level will have access to, and you'll have early access and constant be able to supply feedback and give suggestions for you know features and how things should work and look and all of that. Um, and then there's the point where the the app is ready to ship and it goes into the app store and those people will get a a code that will allow them to unlock the app and use it you know basically with all features unlocked and everything right out of the gate um, and beyond that people who don't back the project will still be able to use the app but there'll probably be some other way that we're going to have to make money with the app either advertising or subscriptions or something else you know i mean the app has to it has to pay for itself outside of kickstarter as well we haven't decided on that there's been no final you know decisions there Hey, listen, we're all used to subscriptions these days, so it's nothing unusual, right, to to, to learn about it. And, and actually, it's, it's important because, like you say, you've, you've got to feed the family, right? You've got to feed yeah. people. You've got to eat. Um, yep. you, can't, you can't just give away the product. And I think that's, that's unfortunately something a lot of developers have learned over the past decade or so, right, that they, they have to start thinking about the, the model to sustain the app. The idea is great initially in getting the R&D and all the rest to get out there, but actually keeping it going is the key. Right. And, and even the developers in the past who have received angel funding and millions of dollars in development, who then did give away the app, have found that those investors are no longer willing to do that and give you free money forever. They want a return on their investment. There needs to be a way to recoup those costs, not only just recoup those costs, but make a profit. And uh, and those days, I, th- I think, are gone. I, I really do. And a lot of developers are finding that out the hard way, sadly. And that's something that we don't want to even go near. And it's one of the reasons why we turn to Kickstarter, because I don't want to have to go and ask for, you know, venture capitalists to, to give us money and have a say in what the app should do and how it should work and who's the audience and all of that crap, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's the roadmap then? So you know, assuming everything goes okay and goes well on Kickstarter, what's what's the when do we see the app essentially? Yeah, it'll be probably be about six to nine months before the app is actually on the app store. It really depends on those stretch goals. I mean, we want to be able to get the base app done closer to the six month mark, something around there. The more features we add, because of if it gets great funding and stuff, then it's going to take time. Those will be rolled in over time, but we, we plan on being able to work on this for the next year at least. The The App Store will get it sooner in that time frame than later, but there will always be improvements that we want to add to it. And I, I, there's going to be lots of feedback. People are going to have lots of suggestions. They're already We're already getting great suggestions from the backer community about things they would like to see in the app. There are certain problems that have to be solved, and there are certain features that people want that this is an opportunity for that they, to, to latch onto that and and give them what they want, but also maybe innovate and find new ways to do things that we haven't done before. And that's, that's very exciting and both for us and for, and for the audience. You're always listening to the community and it just, it just shows through the apps you develop. I do have a question though. Uh, will it be a, a Mac OS version? That's one of the stretch goals. We would really like oh, to make, make, make a Mac version. And if we get, reach this 
appropriate stretch goal will definitely make it. It's totally doable. It's there's no technical limitation there, and we want it ourselves. So hopefully we'll get to get a chance to make it. Everyone keeps also asking about Vision Pro, you know. I was going like, to say, yeah, you do it for Vision Pro as well. <laughs> the, the, the new hotness is, is Vision Pro and everything, but we're not going to go there right now. You know, we're a long way, a long way from even, you know, talking about that. So what's your thoughts? Not, maybe not from Tapetry's perspective, but what's your thoughts on Vision Pro as a from a developer perspective? Is it is it just a – because I, I see a lot of people saying this is almost like an aspirational project from Apple. This is not really a product they are expecting millions to sell. Um, right. they're, they're kind of just trying to put an idea out there, you know, make a few quid in the, in the meantime. It's a really double-edged sword as far as I'm concerned. Virtual reality, virtual spaces is nothing new. It has been around for 40 some odd years. Can Apple make it mainstream? If anyone can do it, Apple can do it. They have the the talent and the money and the drive in order to do that. So I'm not saying that it it's impossible. It's a big hill to climb, even for Apple, to be able to convince someone that they should put on this headset and wear this with a battery pack instead of simply pulling their phone out of their pocket and and doing what they need to do almost instantly is a big ask it's it's friction there for the user and it, the the experience needs to be extremely compelling in order for people to be willing to do that is it enough i don't know i can't speak from real absolute authority because i have not tried one i have not had the opportunity to wear one to experience it to use it so i'm kind of talking out the side of my mouth on this but f- from it just of a, a general perspective i i'm not sold on it myself not on the price and not on the use cases of it um you have to give me a use case for where i would be saying oh that's a great reason why i should put on this headset watching movies is is one of those watching Mm -hmm. tv and and experiencing virtual entertainment is a great use case for it and i could totally see that becoming vision pro's main focus just like on the apple watch it's just as easy to pull that phone out from your pocket and and do what you need to do as it is to look at it on your watch and interact with your watch and even more so for vision pro i would say so it's tough i i don't pretend to know what's going to happen i don't know if apple's going to be successful we'll have to wait and see there certainly is a lot of hype. Well, I'm going to predict that Tapestry will be more popular than Vision Pro in the next few months. I'm <laughs> almost certain of that. Um, Bless your heart. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I'm going to be uh, getting onto the Kickstarter. I'll be supporting you myself and others are doing it already. Um, I just want to, you know, thank you for what you do for the community as well, because, you know, developers who take the time to listen to us and make sure we're included uh, is, a, is a rare thing, unfortunately. It's becoming mm. less rare. But, That's good. You know, I, that's why I, I just think sometimes you just got to say, look, thanks. Thank you for what you do. It's been brilliant. Yeah, we we'll appreciate uh, that. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed and hopefully we'll be talking about this again eventually another time. Once that app is in the app store, come back on, tell us all about it. Tell us the next steps. Look forward to it. We'll indeed.
Yeah, tell us about the uh, Mac version. That's what I want to know about. Uh, but yeah, that's Gideon Mayhew there from Icon Factory. And uh, yeah, just an amazing app called Tapestry. I know you've got some thoughts on this as well, Sean, but we'll get to that yep. in a future episode. Yeah. Um, don't forget, you can head over to YouTube right now if you choose. Uh, or you could just stay here on AMI-audio. Or you could stick around in the podcast and see what happens next. What does happen when a podcast is at the end? Does it just roll on to something else? I don't know. Anyway, um, that aside, these are the questions th- that no one's asking. <laughs> questions of life. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to Double Tap. Uh, coming up on YouTube, um, Apple Vision Pro accessibility. What we know so far, or not about clickbait? Honest. Um, <laughs> but we're back tomorrow. Lots more. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Matt Ater on Double Tap tomorrow. He is from Vespero, of course, vice president there. He's talking to us all about CES and his recent experience. A special uh, YouTube episode with him at the weekend as well. I'll tell you all about that tomorrow. Sean, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Join me every couple of weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.